When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Okay, Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Fine Arts Podcast. How are you? I am doing really well, Owen, because we're talking about goal setting today. Goal setting. This is your jam. It's your drive. This is what you do. I love setting goals. I love achieving my goals. For 2024, (laughs) tick them off. Get some, you know, habits into you and tick off these goals in 2024. So we've got 10 for people. Yes. And I thought we'd share some ideas today because often we think about, well, what goal do we want to set next year? And a lot of people just write down, I want to start investing. I want to get better with money. I want to save some money. And they're very vague goals. And it's very hard to know what the end point is because I want to get better with money. That can mean many different things. And I think it's really important that we break down those big goals and what does get better with money look like to you. And so in today's episode, we're sharing 10 different ideas of really small goals that you can easily achieve. I think most of them are easy. I wrote it a while ago. Yep, they are. Um, and that gives you the confidence to build on top of that because even if it's just save $100, that gives you the confidence to save the next $100. And so even if you want to save $10,000 in 2024, that's a really big goal. How can we break that down? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm doing this episode. Yes, I like it. <laughs> I like it. And it, the 10 things are very achievable for just about anyone. I think everyone could actually do this. Uh, and all of them uh, are not going to take you long. So hence 10 easy uh, money goals for 2024. Uh, we're not out here saying that you should have one big goal and we're going to tell you what it is because that is your own business. That's what you figure out through time. You think about it. Maybe you speak with someone about it, friend, family member, 
professional about what's actually important to you, what's actually important to your relationship, and then you go from there. But for these ones, these are things that you can tick off and you can do them pretty quickly, to be honest. And we know a lot of people that get into New Year's resolutions, Kate, they tend to kind of fall off the bandwagon 20 to 30 days into the new year. We think you can probably achieve most of these pretty quickly. Um, and hey, you would have done them and hopefully it keeps rolling from there. So numero uno, Kate, what's number one? The first one is to figure out your net worth. What a now, way to start. Yes. That could be actually a little bit overwhelming for, for you if you haven't ever done it before. But I like it. The the bare bones is that you just need a piece of paper or your notes app and you want to write down all of your assets. And by assets, we mean money in your savings account, cash under the bed. Mm-hmm. You might have some investments. You might have- A property. A property, yeah. <laughs> you might have a property. And then you also want to write down your liabilities, so your debts. You might have a credit card debt. You might owe $1,000 to your parents. You might have a loan on your property. I mean, yep. most of us probably most do us at the mortgages. moment because yep. uh, not many of us can buy a property in cash. So anything that you owe to people. And you might also want to include your HEX debt there. Yeah. A lot of people just do this in a savings account, right? They um, they have the things that are like working, like they're in their favor, and then they have the things that are kind of weighing them down, so to speak. Um, And what is the, I guess, once people have done this, so once people have done this exercise, what's the kind of, what kind of emotions would people tend to feel after they calculate their net worth? You might feel upset if you see that the number's negative because a lot of people will do this process and realise their debts and liabilities outweigh the savings and the the positive investments they have. And so that might be a bit of a shock Mm -hmm. that you didn't realise you're in the financial position that you're in. But I think that realisation is a starting point because if you know that you have savings or you have debts, then that is a starting point to build your financial goals from because you know Mm. where you're starting from and you can kind of start to figure out where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Yep. And some people might feel pretty good. Yeah, you might feel if you've never done this before, but you have started investing and saving, you might suddenly realize, oh, hey, I do have $10,000 net worth. That's pretty cool for someone at my age. Yeah, it might be, say, a uni student or something like this. Or if you're older and later in life, you might be in your 40s or 50s and you think, you know, I've got a few hundred grand. That's pretty good considering, you know, I've had kids or I've done that part of my life and now I've got all this opportunity to save for retirement or whatever's on their mind. So, I think this is a great yardstick. And if you think some of the most popular books ever have basically skirted around this as like, you know, this is what like Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was just about this basically trying to calculate what assets do you have and what liabilities do you have. Um, yeah. And that's at the beginning of the day, this is something you can track through time and it can keep you motivated because you're adding to it over time. Yeah, and I, I don't use it as a goal. So I don't say this year I want my net worth to be this amount because there's so many variables like what the investment markets are going to be doing Mm. that I don't have control over. But I can use it as sort of a benchmark to see how I've progressed over time. And since I've been doing this for sort of eight years now, I can actually track the very first uh, because I've been keeping it in the same spreadsheet for a while. I'm a bit of a nerd like that. So you can just create your own Google sheet or something like that. And I can see the very first thousand dollars when I started my savings journey and mm. I can see how it's grown since then. So that's kind of cool if you want to have a sort of a document of how you've grown. For sure it is. Um, so you will need a piece of paper or a spreadsheet or just your notes app. 
you probably want to know, be able to access your online banking or your, your app. Yep, find all your money. Yep, and um, you probably wouldn't include super. It's probably one of those things, if you're closer to retirement, maybe you do. But if you're younger, it you might want to put it down. But at the same time, it's mm. kind of a different bucket. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's good to be aware of. And I think the yeah. net worth check-in, even if you do it maybe once or twice a year, it's good to just check where all of your money is and what's mm. going on. It's sort of a good starting point for your finances. So I think even if it's something you only want to do once a year, it's a good place to reflect and actually check, is your money where you thought it was? Yeah. And this relates to num number two, which is uh, create a one-page financial plan. And notice that we say one page, it's not complicated, like a statement of advice from a financial planner might be 70 pages and very, very comprehensive. But if you're new to this, you don't need to do that. Yep. Make it as simple as possible. And I think that flows on quite well from the net worth activity. So once you work out where your money is currently, then part of your one-page financial plan is where do you want your money to be invested and how are you mm. your plan to pay off debt, your plan to invest this year, what you want your portfolio to look like. Mm. So if you do have, say, some equity in your home, if you're a homeowner or you've got a share portfolio or you've got some debt, you can actually track that and you can say, well... My, I've got $5,000 of credit card debt now, but according to my financial plan, I want to pay that off. That's going to be the first thing that's going to go to zero as soon as possible. And then you might be like, but in three years, maybe I would want to focus on the property or maybe I want to focus on an emergency fund or whatever the case may be. But you can slowly track that through time, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. And you can see how your goals and your priorities change over time, which I feel like is something cool to look back at. Yeah. So you can tie the future, the, the future element is the financial plan and the current is your net worth calculation. So it's great. And uh, by the way, one thing that can happen when people do do these two exercises is they can fall into the comparison trap and you can start to see, well, if someone else posts their net worth online or someone else, that's great. Maybe you can learn some lessons of how they got there, but at the same time, you know, comparison can be the thief of joy. So the process here is don't worry about that run your own race, live your life according to your values. Number three? Number three is invest $100 into an ETF. Interesting. Yes. $100. I think that's doable. Doable? Yeah. yeah. I think at some point in 2024, most people could invest $100 into an ETF. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like there's a good place for them to start with our ETF mini-series. Yes. So we did a five-part, six-part series mm. on breaking down what is an exchange-traded fund, how they work, all of the different options available to you. So you might want to start with just investing in a basket of Australian companies that you're familiar with. And then suddenly, if you invest $100 in an Australian ETF, you're owning companies like Telstra and CBA and Cochlear and BHP. BHP, the big Australian. You can do all of that. And an ETF, $100, well, if you're new to this, an ETF or exchange-traded fund is the basket. Yes, as Kate said. and you can put anything in that, that you want, really. Yeah. And $100, it's it's basically your ticket to learn. Yeah. It might seem like a lot, like if you're just starting out, but honestly, $100, it's a wonderful education that you can experience that going up and down over the next few years, few months, whatever. Um, and you can slowly piece together. Don't worry about picking the best ETF. Don't worry about picking like what's great and what's this. Just pick pick one. Um, if you want to sort by what's popular, you can find out stuff online, but just pick one and see how it feels. That's 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 what we're trying to get at. And then you can slowly learn. It's your ticket to keep learning. Yeah. And you might use, we, we provide a lot of platform examples, but you can invest with a smaller amount, $100 using things like 
Rays or Comsec Pocket or Sharesies. They yeah. allow those smaller ETF investments. Yeah, easy peasy. Number four is add $100 to your super. You can do that through BPay. You can yes. do it through, some of them do direct deposit, but it's actually pretty easy once you log into your super fund. I think this is a good task because it challenges you to find the login details to your super fund, figure out where you're invested, find the payment contribution details, and then actually send the money across. So mm. you you have to figure out quite a few things. Um, not complicated things, but I know a lot of people I speak to finding the login details to their super fund is like the first step and that's yeah. quite difficult sometimes. So just doing that and then figuring out, well, this is how I can add money to my future. Yep. Easy. I like it. Number five is set up a dedicated savings account for gifts at Christmas, you know, or for birthday presents, these types of things. Um you used to have a dedicated savings account, didn't you? I did. I did have a dedicated savings account for gifts and for Christmas. So when I got paid, money would automatically go into those accounts because they were often things that I forgot to budget for. Mm-hmm. So when I was setting up my budget, I would often forget that, oh, yeah, that birthday is coming up or that Christmas gift is coming up. So um, I, th- I found that having the automated savings plan for that was really helpful. And it also gave me a, a guidepost of what I was prepared to spend and what my limits were for spending on people's gifts and spending at Christmas time. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, it's free to set up a savings account. Well, at least as far as I know, all basically banks offer free savings accounts these days. Um, and you can get a little bit of interest on it, uh, particularly now with interest rates a bit higher. It's quite handy. And you can automate it all. Yeah. And usually you can set up multiple offset accounts and name them if you do have a property and are using an offset account. So Mm -hmm. that's something I could do. I just haven't haven't Mm -hmm. done it. But uh, I think it's something I want to do again for next year. And you can also do something similar with donations and giving to charity because often it's something we forget about until... June for tax time and we're suddenly going, oh, we haven't made any donations this year. So if you actually have a dedicated account and put what you want to put aside each month, and even if you forget to make that donation to charity, you have the money put aside and it's a a visual reminder that you want to do this. Yeah, it's great. Um, Mine are automated donations and I'm thankful for it. I actually have the opposite experience. I'm like, huh, I donated this much this year because it is actually just on autopilot, just goes straight to the And recurring subscription. Not subscriptions, but recurring donations yeah. to organisations are really good for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. They appreciate it. Um, so, as well as a once-off here and there, friends, you know, running, and you can support Beyond Blue or whatever the case may be. Um, you can do that ad hoc as well. But definitely, the the recurring thing is it's good for the charities. Number six, Kate, schedule a recurring monthly check-in with yourself. How do you do that? So this is something I've done for quite a few years and not just for my finances, but I've set aside time in my calendar on a Sunday morning once a month and it just keeps going. It's been going for a few years. And even if I don't do it at that specific time, it just reminds me that, hey, this weekend I want to do a check-in with my goals, my finances, see where my money's been going. Because if you leave it too long and you only check in with your finances once a year, you can find that you've drifted away from your budget. You've drifted away from your goals. You aren't on track anymore and you wanted to be on track. Mm. So sometimes you you go off track and you realize, hey, that goal isn't as important to me anymore and that's cool. You can reassess. But I think checking in even just 30 minutes once a month on your goals and your finances, did where I spend money and time this month add to my life or did it detract from my life? And just seeing mm. what are some small shifts and changes I can make over the next 30 days. They don't have to be crazy changes, just some small movements each month. Mm. 
I like it. And for people that are setting New Year's resolutions or setting goals or plan for 2024 to be better than 2023 in financial sense, um, these types of things are so important because they keep you like focused. Even if it's just like a little nudge to say, hey, have you checked in? Have you gone to the spreadsheet? Have you visited your you know, brokerage account? Have you done X, Y, Z? You can do that now. And it's just a little nudge in the right direction. Number seven, Kate, and I don't know if you're the right person to ask this question to, but number seven is, you know, we've got down here, spend $100 on a happiness boosting activity. Now, I know you've written the book, Buying Happiness, but how could someone spend $100, do you think? Well, a few ideas that I've had are you could go to a farmer's market and mm -hmm. buy a few things there. I think that's a lot of fun, especially if you go with some friends and try different things or a food and wine festival, uh, a paint and sip class, or you could create your own by just buying the rosé and the uh, the canvases and the prints, though that <laughs> might be a bit more messy, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, even just a fun activity like a... Go My dad recently did a, like a carve your own wooden spoon class. He loved it. <laughs> carve your own wooden spoon. Yes. <laughs> he was very proud of his spoon. <laughs> okay, so that's all under $100. You don't need to spend a lot to get a laugh. And even you got a laugh out of the wooden spoon. Um, so <laughs> Yes, it's proudly displayed on the, the mantle. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, just thinking what can you do with $100 and booking something, if you can book a show or maybe it's a comedy festival or a class or something in advance as well, if you can put something mm -hmm. in your calendar for Feb or March next year and then you get to experience the, the joy of anticipation for that activity and you know you've got something in your diary. Yeah, I like it. It's, uh, it's, it's such a good little thing to do and you can do that and you can do it Guilt-free, because that's the point. You're supposed to spend it on something that brings you some happiness um, and activity uh, is the key phrase there. It's not necessarily a material item. It's an activity or something that brings you repeated happiness would be lovely. What's your $100 happiness boosting activity? Well, I would go fishing. It's probably the first thing. Fishing, yeah. Um, but even like... You've spent a lot more than $100 on your fishing gear. I spent a lot more gear. than $100, but, but it doesn't just cost a lot. Rod. Yeah, but you yeah, you could get, easily get a fishing rod and reel for under 100 bucks. But... Um, you could, uh, you'd have to buy bait and these types of things. A lot of times when you, you go, you've got to drive a distance to go fishing if you want to go to like the remote parts or something like that. So uh, that's what I would spend it on right now. Uh, otherwise, one thing that I would like to spend it on is a new soccer ball, um, which I could kick around and have in the yard and I could play with the dogs if I wanted to. That's something that I get a bit of pleasure out of. And it, it's not even a hundred bucks. It's 20 no. bucks. And I spend a lot of time doing that. Rebel sport. Rebel sport. Um, number eight is borrow one money or investing book from the library. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, I've got a few suggestions. Uh, Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel is great a book. great one. I like Money School by Lacey Philippich. Yep. That is a it's fantastic Australian one. Um, Strong Money Australia by Dave Gow is mm -hmm. a really good one. What else? Simple Path to Wealth. It's American, but also JL Collins. Collins. That's yep. that's a really good book. Buying and Happiness by Kate Campbell. Yes, that one too. Yep. Uh, the Behavioral Investor by Daniel Crosby. Not all libraries will have that one, but you can always request books. And I think people don't always realize that if your library doesn't have the book you want, you can request it and they will purchase it most of the time. Hmm. I have had a 100% success rate with requests at libraries, so... It's pretty cool. That's great. And it's very low cost activity. Low cost. And you might realize, hey, my local library is kind of a fun place and it does a lot of activities. A lot of local libraries, local councils do heaps of free activities and they're not just for kids. So mm -hmm. get along. I like it. Number nine, which is a good one, is donate $100 to a meaningful cause. 
And um, we've had uh, Professor Peter Singer on the show before who leads The Life You Can Save, which is an organization that basically rates other charities um, and for effective altruism or effective giving. But Kate, you know, donating $100, how does that, you know, figure in our, into our money goals? Yeah, I think a lot of us do want to give back, but one of the reasons people often don't is they say they forgot or they didn't have time. So, mm. if you set yourself this small goal and you can build on it, but just starting with $100 and going, well, what organizations in Australia are important to me? Maybe I want to support an organization that's doing cancer research or kids education or mental health prevention. So thinking, well, what's something that's important to me? Because if you identify with the cause and where the money's going, you get a happiness boost from that. So finding something that's important to you, uh, learning more about the organization as well. So instead of just making the donation, actually read about how they're using the money and that mm. will add value to your life. Or even if it's just a local youth group or club, sports club, like they don't have to be sort of organized charities. It could just be donating to someone you see that needs a helping hand. That's so good. And you mentioned something there that um, if – you do kind of understand where it's going. It actually can be a happiness boost because you can see impact. And that's mm. what a lot of the data suggests is that um, when you do know where the money's going, you're more likely to give, you're more likely to give often, and you're more likely to get that happiness boost from it. Um, okay, so the last, but definitely not the least, is enroll in a short course for free to upskill your career. You can enroll in many courses, Kate. There are so many websites from... Uh, Coursera, FutureLearn, Udemy, sometimes they cost a little bit. Often there's free courses available. So if you see one you like, you'll find a free one somewhere else. Even YouTube, like YouTube a lot of wonderful. amazing professors from really prestigious universities overseas will upload their lectures or someone else will upload the lectures to YouTube. So if you are interested in a topic, you will find the resources out there yeah. if you go looking. I remember when I was going through uni, I would look on YouTube for so many different things from the Khan Academy for people that are familiar. Um, and there were some wonderful resources there for, in fact, I think it's both level one and two of the Charter Financial Analyst is, uh, program is available on uh, YouTube. And some of the instructors there teach those courses, which are very technical courses, but they're all freely available to people. Yeah, um, And some universities also offer very discounted courses or online programs and you know, oftentimes you only have to pay if you want to get the formal qualification. Uh, so there's heaps of these things out there, but they are available. State governments often have um, courses, whether that's at um, vocational levels, so certificates three, four, or diploma or advanced diploma, et cetera. There's a significant amount of free TAFE places available oh, from Jan 24. So have a look at your government's website there. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in your current career. It could be in your next career or if you want to sidestep into a new um, domain, you can do that with short courses and some of the best careers only require short courses. So you can go and check that out and learn. Um, sometimes it's on the, you know, like on the tools kind of learning rather than in a, you know, a lecture theater or on a computer, which is, suits a lot of people. And that's a cool but thing. The time to do it. If you find an expert in health and nutrition or an expert in public speaking, you can go and mm. find all of their courses, their videos, their speeches, their podcasts, like every, their written material. You can just go on a 
sort of a treasure hunt online and find all of their stuff and learn from them. So even though you probably will never meet them in person, you get a free education from them. Yeah. And we have all of our courses. If you want to learn about finance, should you ever feel like that's something interesting to you, <laughs> uh, you can head to Rask Education. It's on the uh, link here in the show notes. We have a lot of free courses from investing in ETFs to property, property business, business, if you want to start a business next year. Financial independence, yeah. So many things uh, to check out, and most of them are free anyway. So uh, check it out. All right, Kate. So we've got 10 things on our list. Let's go through them. What was number one? Number one is figure out your net worth and where you are financially right now. Yep. Doesn't take that long. Sounds daunting, but it's not that bad. Number two was create a one-page financial plan. You can do this literally on one page or even half of one page. Where do you want to go in the future and how are you going to get there? Number three? Invest $100 in an ETF. So just start your learning journey, have some skin in the game. It makes it much easier and more interesting to learn once you've got some money on the line. Yep. Number four was add $100 to super. Um, It's basically the same principle. The idea is to get you involved in your superannuation to know where your account is and what's going on with it. Yeah, and start thinking about your future. It's a long time away, but if you talk to anyone who is using their super right now, they'll tell you the years pass very quickly. Compounding, you don't want to give it up. Uh, Number five? Is setting up a dedicated savings account for gifts, Christmas, anything that comes up every single year, that if you put some money aside, automate it from when you get paid, that money goes straight into that savings account, you're going to make your life a lot easier. Absolutely, you are. Uh, number six was setting in a monthly, setting up a monthly check-in with yourself. You can do that with your calendar. You can do it with your notifications on your phone. You can say, hey, Siri, can you set a reminder for me? Check in. It's just an opportunity to do that. And uh, if you're in a couple, maybe it could be date night, as Barefoot Investor once uh, told us to, to try out. Um, and you can just make that your routine and just check in because that is so important for any type of goals is that you do have a way to kind of review that goal. Number seven. Spend $100 on a happiness boosting activity. If you can book it in advance, even better. Yep. Love it. Cheese making class. Who knows? There's so many things out there. It's it's uh, probably the easiest one on the list is to spend money. So uh, we're telling you, we're giving you a free pass of up to $100. Go and do it. Number eight is borrow one investing or finance book from the library. If you do indeed want to start a business, go and get the book Traction. That would be my suggestion or the e-myth. Libraries are great. You can yes. walk out with a stack of books. You don't have to read the whole thing. Yes. And it's wonderful. You just take it back. It's free. Number nine, Kate. Donate $100 to a meaningful cause and use that as an opportunity to work out what's important to you, what organizations you want to support, and maybe there's someone you can support with your time as well. Yeah. If you've got a friend that's running a marathon and there's like a charity involved, maybe that's a way that you can support them. You can get involved and you can support a charity all in one. And it's a wonderful thing to do. Number 10 is enroll in a short course. Maybe it's to boost your current career. Maybe it's to boost your new career. Upskill, earn more money, uh, pays for itself many times over. Sometimes they're free through vocational study or these types of things. Let us know if you want us to add something to the list of 10 easy money goals for 2024. You can get in contact with us on Instagram, uh, on Spotify. You can leave feedback directly on Spotify, or you can send us an email using the Ask a Question link in your podcast player. We'd love to hear what you're doing in 2024. What are your goals? What are you working towards? Honestly, we just love hearing from you. So write into us and, and share that with us. It'd be very kind yeah, of you. And if you complete one of these goals, let us know. I always love hearing from other people and what they're working mm. on as well. 
I think I can spend $100 on a happiness boosting activity. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, um, today? Yeah, I reckon I could do that easily, and I'm <laughs> definitely going to do that. Um, but I just bought about 30 books, so I don't know if I need to go to the library. I love having the books and scribbling in them, as you know, ruining them. Uh, some it's not say. even nice scribble. It's, he calls them chicken scratchings. <laughs> but that's what I do, so I've already ticked that one off. Um, but check it out. There's, the list is available in the, the show notes, so have a look and let us know what you tick off for yourself. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.